Welcome to the Produce Industry Podcast, your weekly download on current events, trends, market reports, and community discussions. Join us each week from Tampa, Florida, as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Patrick Kelly. Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Patrick Kelly. As always, I am honored to be here coming to you live from Tampa, Florida. Today is September 24th, 2020, and we are in day four of the United Fresh Washington Policy Conference. Now, the Washington Conference normally is an annual event that unites the produce industry to address the most pressing public policy matter, but this year, it has gone virtual. And as I discussed yesterday, this is my first time attending the conference, so I am writing some notes for the podcast, but then also learning about my own business and how I can be an advocate for the produce industry as well. So the conference started a little bit early today. It started at 10 a.m. because from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, you join the industry colleagues virtually for engaging congressional meetings. That's right. I jumped in on a couple. I can't tell you what they're about because you had to be registered to be in these events. But guess what? These virtual marches on Capitol Hill are going to be happening all this week and all next week, September 28th through October 2nd. So get in touch with the United Fresh if you want to be part of those conferences and part of those calls to see what is happening in the industry and what they are doing to help the industry. At noon, they have the general session, the bipartisan approach to governing. From 1.30 to 2.30, the wholesaler distributor meeting. And then from 3 to 4, the concurrent education session, international response to COVID-19 outbreak, and the partnership with the FDA and the fresh produce industry. We're also going to hear from Molly Van Lu about that continuing resolution plan that I was talking about that was wonky yesterday in the podcast. I want to thank everybody for tuning in this week, listening to the United Fresh Washington Policy Conference. I've received tremendous amount of feedback, both positive and negative, about the podcast this week covering United Fresh. And guess what? It's all good to me. Heck, I even had someone reach out and say they fell asleep listening to the podcast. I was astounded because guess what? All I thought about is I was the last thing on their mind right before they went into Dreamville. But let's get down and dirty in this, okay? We talked in the opening general session. Um, the, well, let's start off. The general session was sponsored by uh, Ryder, Driscoll's, and the Produce News. So big shout out to them. We heard from uh, Hector uh, Luquan, CEO of Ryder. And this was really, though, a kickoff to the bipartisan general session, right? So the two guests that we had today um, were Representative Rodney Davis and Representative Jimmy Pania. So listen... I'm going to tell you, listening to these two, one was eating a salad the whole time. And, and if you have been into Congress or if you've been into the, your state capitol, you will always see food on their desk because they never leave. They never leave those offices. And, and when they do, always running around to other offices, they never had time to eat. So they did have a salad. It was really interesting. Um, it, was, it was nice to hear from them. Both of their opinions um, all talked about, you know, Operation Feed America, right? That's kind of how I took it. There was the Operation Feed Our Kids Act. Um, there was all these difference and lessons um, about a bipartisan approach uh, through 2021. Um, both of these were Republican and Democratic uh, representatives were able to get on the phone and talk about things, talk about issues, right? They all talked about work and then dealing with people. They talked about this. They said that in the politics world, they're all people 
pleasers, people person. Um, they hate that they're having to do things virtually, probably just like you and I. What they said was they have to still hear the voice of the people. So whether it's through a virtual conference, whether it's through a phone call, whether it's through an email, they still need to know what's going on and they need to engage as well as we need everybody else to engage because if there's bills passed and there's things that go through the Senate or to the president's decks and it gets passed and you start screaming, well, why did this happen? Well, you want to know why it happened is because you didn't do anything to make it not happen or to maybe give an opinion or an idea for something that could have happened. So I still think this was an opportunity to get together. Um, there was all types of things talked about. Listen, these two were going back and forth. Rodney and Jimmy, they were like uh, two uh, best friends from you know fourth grade talking about you know uh, my school's better than your school. My dog is better than your dog. Um, here's the word of the day. It, it was one of those things where you were listening and going, all right, I can see if we came together that some of these things could work. And, you know, one thing that they were concerned about was um, this new generation of members that are coming in um, to Congress to be a representative, to be a staffer. You know, they're being sworn in virtually. Everything's happening virtually. And as this job for them is, again, a people-pleasing job, they want to make sure that they get back to normal. I mean, a lot of these guys are not traveling. If they are, they're going to and from where they need to go. Um, you know, like one said, to San Francisco Airport, fly out to his region, go back, drive down. Very, um, I would say, very planned, not going out of the way. Um, but again, if we don't hear from the constituents, they said, is how are they going to know what's going on? Um, we, they also talked about the continuing resolution and what that's going to be about. Um, I have Molly Van Lu that's going to be coming on next to talk about that continuing resolution because I really didn't understand it. Um, they talked a little bit about is there going to be a round for another round of stimulus? I mean, a lot of good topics were coming up. Um, but the one thing I, I do and will take away from this is they talked about sharing your story and they need to hear our story, your story, their story to be able to move the dial forward. So when we go to Congress or when something happens, then we're able to talk about it and then say, hey, wait a minute. I know this person. I've been to their farm. I've seen a virtual uh, farm tour and things like that. And again, the biggest takeaway from this is get engaged and be active in your community and be active in your industry. So speaking about getting active, let's get Molly Van Lu on the line because yesterday when I was listening to one of the conferences, I had no idea what this continuing resolution uh, plan was and I texted Molly and then I emailed her because I had no one else to reach out to to really get the actual insight of what this was. So let's get Molly on the line. Hey Molly, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Patrick. It's good to be back. You know, I've given you a couple shout outs this week and I know you have been listening a little bit, but I know you've been completely swamped. So whenever you have more time, go back and listen to the podcast because you've got like two to three shout outs because every time I've been into a different group within this conference, you've been there. So as I'm you know, reporting on the podcast, I'm like, hey, shout out to Molly. She was on you know, a previous episode and she was in the conference today. So really great to have you back. Awesome. Thank you. I will definitely take a look and I'll send it to my mom that will, that should make her happy but <laughs> well, <laughs> currently listen. understaffed at, in our government relations department we're down two people so um yeah i've been in a lot more meetings than than usual but um it's been good to see so many different people's faces and for you to join this year too it's been really great so appreciate your um kind of coverage of it 
No, it's been awesome. And I talked yesterday that um, Jacqueline was speaking in one of the sessions and she was talking about this continuing resolution for nutrition package needed. And I was so confused and I started, you know, I was listening to the whole session. I just didn't understand. And as I, you know, texted you, right. I was like, Hey Molly, it's Patrick. Um, <laughs> what the heck's going on here? And then you emailed me and I, you know, we talked about how this, it was kind of wonky because I didn't understand it. So then I thought to myself, I was like, well, who am I going to call to ask, like, what is this continuing resolution? And then I heard it again today talking about to prevent a government shutdown with, you know, funds. So, okay, you are the person to talk to about this. So tell me about this. So I know what's going on. Yeah, so it's a really good question and it's incredibly wonky. Um, so I will try my best, but it's very easy to not understand. So you were not alone. I guarantee that most people that were in that session yesterday, and for those who missed it, um, we had a session on nutrition and we had Jacqueline Schneider from the Senate Agriculture Committee, um, Senator Stabenow's staff come and speak. And so the continuing resolution is basically a tool um, in a nor so I'll back up. In a normal world, um, Congress passes within their agriculture or their appropriations committee about ten different appropriations bills. Some of those have to do with agriculture specifically. Some of them are education. Some of them are health. You, you can probably follow along there. Right. And each of those bills are supposed to be passed. Um, and the Senate considers them, and then everybody says kumbaya, and we fund the government. That's not actually how the federal government works, which probably won't surprise people. It's really hard to get consensus on passing any type of appropriations bills. Um, that being said, if we don't pass appropriations bills, we have what um, is called a government shutdown. And for folks who have been going to Washington Conference for a long time, they've uh, probably been here when there was a government shutdown. So it's not incredibly rare in the past, um, 10 years, but it should be. Um, but we, we do know that with everything else going on in the world right now, the last thing that we need is a government shutdown. So mm -hmm. what Congress passes is, or tries to pass, is what's called a continuing resolution. And that's just basically an agreement to continue to fund the government at the status quo from the year before. Um, so it's what Jacqueline was specifically talking about because it was nutrition, session for some of the nutrition provisions that were included so it's so now they've kind of gotten cute with the congressional um or the continuing resolutions and they'll pass kind of the status quo and then they'll throw in some other things sometimes and because we're in the middle of this crisis they threw in a lot um of provisions that were related to some of the COVID bills that were passed over the summer. So specifically related to nutrition, there were flexibilities early in the summer that allowed schools to serve all meals for free to kids under 18. That was set to expire. Um, and they, that, an example there is that they gave you a state the authority through the continuing resolution to do that um, through the remainder of the school year. So uh, that's kind of- <laughs> Well, it makes a little bit more sense now. I hope you know, that that makes sense. Well, like you said, so really it, the continuing resolution is to kind of, like you said, freeze it to where you're just using the same exact budget and funds from last year. So you're able to move forward. Right. I mean, that's the goal here. So you're saying, OK, so this helps so we don't have a shutdown, um, you know, keep things status quo as of right now. 
Um, so I, I get it. So I guess, like I said, if you're not involved, you're not going to know what this, this is, right. You're going to be like, you're going to have your hands up or shaking your head like I was yesterday. And I have not been involved in, in this in, in probably over probably six years or so. Um, yeah. so I, I think that it does make sense. Cause I heard a lot yesterday about, you know, putting important policies in place for, you know, public health and for the schools. Heck, I heard at one point there were certain schools that had to stop serving in bulk because of some of these issues, you know, so they went from all packaged uh, from bulk. So obviously mm -hmm. there's probably a lot of things that happened um, during this pandemic. And I've heard throughout this week um, at the Washington conference, everybody has a different story, right? Everybody, I haven't heard one story that's been the same since we've started from Monday. Not one story. Yeah, well, I think that's the beauty. Um, <laughs> what makes our association unique is that, you know, we represent so many different sectors of um, the supply chain. And then within those sectors, people are doing different things, whether they have a retail customer, or a food service customer, or depending on what commodity they grow or where, if they're importing. So the stories are diverse. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, it's figuring out how to bring those stories together with the United Voice um, to ask for these specific things. So I think um, the stories are great and that they show really the diversity and um, the challenges to our industry. Um, but what the power of this conference is, and I think the association is that we bring everyone kind of under one roof, usually under one Zoom, I guess this week. One Zoom. <laughs> to talk about, um, you know, what are the solutions that will work for at least most of the people in the industry, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I'm going to pretend that you did that uh, uh, in Zoom and air quotes too. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> sure that you did. Well, Molly, listen, I, I wanted to have you back on. I thank you for coming back on and at least explaining that. I, I do know that I do have an access point to call Molly uh, when needed to ask about some of these programs. And there's a lot of different people at United Fresh that work in different departments, they handle different, uh, I would say, categories or arenas in this area. So Molly, thanks for coming back on. Thank you, Patrick. And I'll see you tomorrow, I'm sure. Great. Thanks, Molly. Now let's hear from our partners. Welcome to Terra Exports, a fast-paced, entrepreneurial, and innovative, multinational fresh produce company with eight divisions worldwide that handle fruits and vegetables across 65 countries. Did you know that Terra Exports was featured three times in Inc. 5000's fastest-growing companies? Terra Exports starts at the ground, literally, with the growth of the product at the farm all the way through distribution channels up into the end user. They take pride in their products, arriving fresh and damage-free, and they're there every step of the way, working alongside suppliers and customers who share in their common goal. Visit Terra Exports at www.terraexports.com, as well as following them on social media on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. If you get on their website, you can also check their availability calendars and all of the produce that they have in store. When you join Terra Exports, you become a member of their global team of thinkers, innovators, dreamers, and doers who are bringing a fresh approach to the produce and supply chain industry. So reach out to Terra Exports today at terraexports.com. Are you ready to enhance your skills? Every day we are tasked to make fast, effective decisions to keep up with the fast-paced produce industry. At AgTools, we take the pressure off of gathering data to help make your day easier and more enjoyable. Connecting the supply chain with AgTools is a unique, practical, 
and easy. Ag tools can be used from multiple angles of the produce industry from farmers all the way to logistics companies. We call that 360 degree decision making day after day. Visit www.ag.tools.com to gain more reliable and relevant data to see more, achieve more. And now, back to our show. Welcome back, everyone. It's always great to hear from our partners here at the Produce Industry Podcast. Huge shout out to Terra Exports and Ag Tools. Moving into our next session was the Wholesaler Distributor Session. Now, I jumped in this session a little bit late as I was on with another colleague of mine, Wendy McManus, talking about mental fitness. If you're interested in learning more about mental fitness, reach out to Wendy McManus at connecttopotential.com. Shout out to you, Wendy. So as I jumped into this meeting, I was hearing more about uh, funds from 5013Cs, talking about the uh, Farmers to Families Box Program, what to expect. And this Farmers to Families Box Program is ending after round three unless we speak up and start fighting for it. I heard there was a lot of applications that didn't go in and we need to submit more applications and tell the USDA and our local politicians why this program is so successful. I've been talking to the president of Feeding Tampa Bay, Thomas Mance, and guess what? He believes this program needs to go on. We need to embrace this new learning opportunity, all these virtual education classes, everything that's happening is going to be happening during 2020 and through 2021. There's going to be a lot of times to be able to be in person, uh, but for the wholesaler distributor meetings, a lot of these things are going to be conducted. Actually, not even just those meetings, all of everything will be conducted virtually, and there's going to be a lot of hybrids moving forward. But like I said, I think you definitely got to check out and talk to your wholesaler distributor about how they can help or how you can help them be better and connect them into this industry. Throughout the day, there's been tons of education, and I am ready to start the concurrent education session. So we are in our last session for today, the concurrent education session, international response to COVID-19 outbreak. And there was another session that I did not attend because they were concurrent at the same time, was the partnership with the FDA and fresh produce industry. The sponsor for this event was Nativia Peru Organic. So a lot of this stuff that was talked about in this, and I say stuff, uh, it was trade relationships, trade mitigation. Um, the panel was uh, a lot of good people. Um, someone I recognize, uh, Vivian Chapo. She was an old colleague of mine over back in the Robinson days. Um, she's now with the Peel Science. Um, Eric Olafson of the Miami Port. I saw him as well. And then a couple new people that I was able to, uh, I guess, meet virtually today. So it was really cool to see some of these people and hear their perspectives from different countries because that's the thing. We heard from a lot of different countries today from Mexico, Europe, Chile, and then obviously uh, from Eric down in Miami that talked about the imports from Guatemala, from other countries as well. Um, so the other uh, guest that we had was uh, Montserrat Durate, CEO of Agros Protos. Um, and then we had uh, Marias Pinto Pimento, head of economic department and trade commissioner, embassy of Chile. So they had a lot to say today, and I appreciated a lot they had to say because I am a huge, huge fan of imports and exports, and that's a lot of the things that they talked about. I mean, even Eric talked about the different things that are happening at the port, how it's been changing, what they're doing, going from a completely uh, touching system, handing off pens to people, clipboards, uh, to an entire touchless system at the port. Um, the 
the Vivian Chapo uh, talked about the you know analyzing and making things better. You know the things we thought that were crazy before are now being implemented. Heck, Vivian and I talked about some of those crazy things years ago that we probably tried to implement together that just never happened, and they're probably happening today. There was also a lot of conversation around safety of work, products, services within the supply chain. Um, luckily, the Chile, the U.S. border has been completely open. There's still been a lot of trade going back between those countries. Um, but the consumer trends was what I thought that was very interesting as they talked about the economic side, how goods and services are being sold, the changes in consumer demand, the priorities of the consumers and what they are demanding. It was funny. If you, if you know anything about Chile, they all have great wine in Chile. Heck, I'm going to go back. Vivian and I have had wine in Chile. Her and I spent some time in Chile together when we were sourcing growers back in the back in the days uh, citrus grapes and more um, but yes chili has great wine and it was very interesting because they said uh, during the covid pandemic they were uh, shipping a lot of wine and consuming a lot of wine right um, but the consumers overall the consumer behavior um, was very similar to the u.s volume was traveling just through the retailers and not through the food service channels and then a lot of e-commerce sites are popping up and that's what's been happening in Mexico going as, as well. Um, another thing uh, Vivian touched on was Europe. Um, she's saying that, you know, sales are up, you know, across a lot of different, uh, you know, retailers and consumers and purchases. Um, it's up 40% in some cases, 50% sales growth in other cases. Um, so people are purchasing produce. Uh, Chile talked about the consumer trends being very similar to the U.S. as well and talked about how they've had to shift in their business to be able to keep exporting. And then another thing Eric brought up, this is a good one. He was telling me that March through August, they have increased reefer numbers. Now, if you go back and listen to Pineapple Talk with Will Cavan, he talks about the increased numbers of tropicals. And what was interesting is that Eric talked about the increased numbers of avocados and asparagus. And why was this happening? It was because a lot of these were coming over on air freight, maybe blueberries, maybe avocados, all these different things that was on air freight has now switched to ocean freight because of the economy, because the big airlines were getting shut down. They weren't uh, flying as much as they normally were. So that cost has dramatically changed and now more reefer units are coming over. That is crazy. I mean, think about the floral. Think about what comes from Costa Rica and Guatemala. Did you even know that floral in some of your stores come from these countries and e-commerce came up again eric said think about it like this an ocean container comes in it gets moved directly to the warehouse without being touched and then it goes onto an e-commerce supply in that warehouse and then that is shipped off directly to the consumer think about it folks there's new rules and regulations getting put in place for these touchless systems it's only a matter of time before there's new ways of getting a hold of the consumer there's a lack of uncertainty with international trade with the U.S. right now. A lot of countries are worried about what will happen in 2020 moving forward. But again, I'm staying neutral on this one and letting you know the only way to make a difference is to vote. We need to ensure that the food supply chain is here to stay and is properly funded, equipped, and managed. Not by our government, but by us. And the only way to do that is speak up. And that calls it for today. It is the end of the Washington Policy Conference with all the general sessions, the concurrent education, but it's not over. Like I said earlier in the podcast, I said this is going all the way through 
October 2nd. So September 28th through October 2nd, you will be able to have your virtual march on Capitol Hill. You can meet with senators. You can meet with different representatives, secretaries. I mean, think about it. The list goes on and on, but you got to register to be a part of it. Okay. You got to go in and register at United Fresh if you want to be a part of it. If you don't, then you can see what can happen later in the day, later in the week, later in the year. And again, if you have connections that get to some of these people, we're happy to hear that, but helping be a part of something bigger than yourself and being part of a community is something awesome and that will help your industry. So I want to thank everybody for listening this week. We might have a special session tomorrow. We are still trying to work through it and get a grower, a packer, a wholesaler, a fresh cut processor, and a United Fresh rep to talk about this conference and to talk about the impacts that are going to happen in 2020 and 2021. You've been listening to the Produce Industry Podcast with Patrick Kelly. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor to get new, fresh weekly episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Produce Industry Podcast. Until next time, see you in the fields or on the horizon.